You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Here we go. Adrian brought us along with Sal Montes. It's Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. With several locations in El Paso from the west side of Fabens, trust the Oscar Arieta Agency when it comes to your home, auto, your life, or your commercial insurance needs. That's the Oscar Arieta Agency. Tonight is the last minor talk for a while. Um, Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes, and we can cut, we can chat with you as long as you'd like tonight. UTEP falls in the championship round of the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational uh, in just a gritty back-and-forth matchup between one of the best teams out of the mid-major ranks in Kent State, who defeated UTEP 47-46 to take home the trophy, to take home the title as the uh, West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational champions. And for another year, for back-to-back years under head coach Joe Golding, UTEP falls in the championship round of this Invitational, their home tournament. Against, you know, last year they drop it to Bradley. And Bradley was a really good team last year. And um, just to put it into perspective, Bradley was, you know, 96. They were a top 100 team in the country when UTEP lost to them last year. Kent State was better than DePaul, who beat UTEP 91-70. to Kent State beat New Mexico State. And they are better than the Aggies. They beat them uh, in in the first round of this tournament. Um, UTEP lost to New Mexico State 95-70. to And in this one, the Miners, uh, they had a gritty back-and-forth matchup. There's a lot of plays that fans will call in and point out to. There are a lot of calls that the fans will call in and point out to where maybe you know the refs missed out on some. But this was simply just a great basketball game. And I feel like, you know, kind of like what head coach Joe Golding said after the matchup, if this one goes maybe five maybe even just two more minutes. The Miners squeeze this one out. They eke it out. And the last two possessions will haunt this team, thinking that they could have had those back and won this game. They were in control. I thought they were the tougher team too. I thought UTEP played better than Kent State in this one. They outplayed the Golden Flashes, as as wild as that sounds. Uh, Sincere Carey is one of the best players in the MAC, and he was 4 of 14 tonight. From the field, he was uh, he was score he, he did not hit a three pointer. Zero for five today. Fifteen points, pretty much got everything from the charity stripe. Meanwhile, the miners who get to the line pretty often, uh, they are a team that really attacks uh, the paint. They get to the charity stripe. They might not hit their free throws, but they'll get there. They'll get that opportunity. Um, and in this one, they only get to the free throw line nine times. There weren't a lot of whistles blown. Um, I don't like to make excuses. I don't like to blame the refs typically, and I'm not going to, um, even if that last play was very questionable. I will say this, though. With UTEP, the way that they played in this game, they need more games like this. They need to be in close game situations moving forward because, like we've talked about all year long, this is a brand new team that's trying to develop chemistry. A new team that's trying to build a lot of cohesion. And when you think about all those things, it's very important for this young UTEP team. Not young by age. There are a lot of juniors and seniors on this on this roster. But a young team in terms of playing with each other. And when you look at that and when, just, when you factor everything, uh, being in a tight game situation like tonight was important for the Miners. 
and they just didn't pull it off. This was their first loss. This snaps an eight-game win streak at the Don Haskins Center, first loss at home. Uh, and the Miners, a valiant effort, a low-scoring game, 47-46 is the final, Kent State winning it. Uh, Sal, what did you think of this one? This is the, the game that they want, right, in terms of how, how things were playing out, what the score is. If it's in that range – you feel better about it as opposed to a run and gun, you know, guys just going up and down the court that that, you know, high 60s, you know, once it gets high 60s, 70s and beyond that, that's where you don't want the game to be at because right. it, it just um, their play style doesn't align to that. So you want those those 50 point, um, you know matchup so to speak but tonight it was even better than that at 40 and it was right in their wheelhouse just um you know a lot of mistakes that they made is, is why they were not able to win this game and Kent State just playing um more careful with the ball uh, pretty much all 40 minutes because the Miners 22 turnovers that's going to haunt them however as poorly as they played they have a chance so it's kind of like is it glass half full or glass half empty well look Sal I just feel like both teams are just going back and forth I, I really think that when you talk about poor play Play or when you just talk about uh, teams just not playing that well, yeah, I'm, I'm knocking UTEP for 22 turnovers that they had on offense at home, but I'm also giving them credit for having 24 points in the paint and uh, you know having the lead for 20 minutes of this game. They led this yeah. game longer than Kent State actually led it. There were 17 lead changes in this game. Can you think about that? 17 lead changes in this game. There were eight different points when this game was tied. This was as back and forth of a game as you can ask for and for the miners I feel like it's just a coin flip and unfortunately this one landed on tails and uh, you know sometimes tails fails in, in this case <laughs> Sal you know and and the miners just dropped this one in the end and, and you know what the the interesting thing too is Adrian um, 18 that that's uh, kind of my uh, magic number here the miners out rebound um, Kent State by 18 you know 44 rebounds to 26 so that hustle part is there it's I'm not knocking the hustle it's really just those 22 turnover, uh, turnovers that's looming large. However, you know, effort-wise, you can appreciate this game. Yeah, you really can. I feel like for the Miners, they needed a game like this. They needed one where they could go up against the best of them, the best of the best out of the mid-major ranks, and actually go toe-to-toe with them. They didn't do it against DePaul on the road. They fell uh, in a big fashion against New Mexico State on the road as well. And to go up against DePaul, uh, excuse me, to go up against Kent State in this championship game where the stakes are high and Kent State has gone up against some of the best out there, uh, you have to feel better about this team moving in conference play. Now, do I want to say this team is a bona fide uh, top five team in CUSA? No, but we weren't saying that out of the get-go. This is a team that we've we preferenced early on. Before we start Conference USA, I just want to say this. UTEP was picked, what, 10, 9, 9, 10, whatever it was in the preseason poll. They've already exceeded that expectation. They're not going to finish 9th or 10th unless something really bad happens to this team the way it stands right now. Uh, Florida Atlantic, 11-1. and UAB ten and two, North Texas ten and two, Middle Tennessee eight and four, a very good eight and four team. Western Kentucky eight and three, La Tech seven and five, Charlotte nine and three. UTEP's right there with them. Eight and four are the Miners right now as it stands. Rice is nine and three. This is a good league in Conference USA, and this league is deeper than ever. Miners now have proven that they can at least compete with the best of them out there. If they can compete with Kent State, I have no doubt in my mind that they can at least challenge some of these Conference USA foes. 
I guess we'll see a week from, uh, what, tonight when the Miners take on Jelly Walker, UAB, and arguably the best team in Conference USA, Sal. Yeah, and, and that's huge because that was, the, if I'm not mistaken, that was their conference opener last year right. uh, when it came down to it. And I'm just going to uh, preview the um, the schedule really quickly. Oh, and oddly enough, I think it was December 30th when that game was. This game's on um, on December 29th, so just a little fun fact there. But it's on the road, and, and that's where we're going to find out a lot about this team because you're right, they can compete. However, they still have yet to get that road victory, and, and that's another thing, too. Yeah, it's a really good point, Sal. Hey, our telephone number tonight is 915-505-6009. That's the telephone number to get into the program. A lot of tweets to get to already. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. This is the last Minor Talk show for a while, so if you want to call in, if you want to talk some UTEP hoops, now is the time to do it. We're not back next week. We're not back um, until January 7th after this show, so we're going to need to take as many calls as we can and get everything out there right now. Uh, let's go to the phones. We'll welcome on Chris next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Chris, good evening. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Adrian? Chris, doing all right. How about yourself? Good, good. So I was at the game, and so here's my hot take. I think their offense is really good, but they don't have uh, – they don't keep a consistent lineup to keep a rhythm. Like, Joe Golden keeps on – taking out players in and out, and, you know, I've played basketball before. I think it's just – it takes you out of your rhythm as a player. He and doesn't ride the hot hand, about- Chris. Is that what you're saying? Like, you know, I, I think yesterday fans were upset when Derek Hamilton was benched at one point. Uh, we talked about that as well, that he that he goes to the bench after scoring eight points immediately off the bench. And uh, is that where your frustration comes from? Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. Like, for example, uh, I don't know if you remember a part of the game, Onyema, you know, provided a little spark towards the end of the game, and he takes them out. You know, Onyema started to get a little, like, angry, you know, that's, like, good angry, and he was getting a little more physical, and he takes them out of the game, and that, I think, uh, takes away the momentum from from Utah. I don't, I don't understand, like, what he's doing uh, on that part. I don't know why, like, he decides to keep on changing players in and out and keeping some players. I just think it affects their offense a lot because you don't actually keep rhythm. Last year, you know, almost the same players were on the court consistently that provided, you know, consistent offensive rhythm. Well, you're right, but last year was Sule Boom. Last year was Keontae Kennedy and Jamal Biennemi. I mean, this year uh, it's a far different roster right now. And I, I understand where you're coming from there, Chris. I feel like you're, you're one of those people who likes to ride the hot hand. That's your philosophy in basketball. I feel like what Joe Golding's philosophy in subbing, he wants either to keep players A, fresh, B, he wants to keep uh, you know his his players, I guess, kind of fre- like um, well conditioned and ready to go in longer spurts. Although that's that's kind of a hypocritical to what I was just saying right there. But maybe he, maybe overall of this, he just wants to stagger guys in different minute stretches, and maybe it's matchup based. I have no clue what it is, Chris, but I've noticed it as well. Um, I don't know who's kind of feeding that to him. Like, hey, let's sub in some guys here and there, and and I don't know if maybe he just wants to see what he has with some of these guys in different rotations remember last year Joe Golding's team they went about 10 11 guys 
up until about around uh, Conference USA period, and then they went down to about eight or nine guys. So maybe he's trying to figure out his rotation, his full rotation ahead of conference play. Hey, great call, Chris. Thanks for getting us started here on Minor Talk. Let's keep things moving. We've got full phone lines here to go to 915-505-6009. Next up is Adam on the east side of El Paso. Adam, good evening. What's going on, my friend? Hey, guys. How's it going? Adam, we're hanging in. We're doing fine. How about yourself? Doing good. I guess just to start off the show, first things first, not disappointed in the effort, not disappointed at all how we played. I guess just um, I'd say I got about four different takes from this game, one of them being uh, I've been hard on Givens these last two games. As hard as I've been on him, my comments about him, I'll be the first to give credit where credit is due. He's played great. And situationally, and the decisions that he made between last night and tonight, much improved, better control of the game, uh, better flow. So definitely happy with that. Uh, one of the next takes is, um, I guess, more coaching-wise, several spots where I saw Givens inbounding the ball. And in inbounding the ball, you know, the smallest man on the court, it's just like, you know, I, I didn't like that. I know they didn't do that at the end, but situationally, like, I didn't I didn't like that. Um, third, you know, that number three, Sincere Carey, he extends that handout, keeps getting several fouls called, and I just thought that was kind of rough on that. Um, I don't know what your guys' take was. Yeah, I hate that. That's the James Harden, Trey Young kind of thing where they stick their hand out and they always try to draw contact with their hands uh, in the other defender. Like, my thing is, if you're having to move the other defender's hand to get your hand, then it's not really foul, right? Like, it's a product of of today's, like, contact basketball. Yeah, he's using his free hand. I don't know whether to protect the ball or not, but, you know, on offense, that's just... That that just seems a little weak to be calling that, you know, on, on the defender. And, um, you know, if you're going to make that kind of call on the second to the last play of the game, you know, you better you, you better call, you know, I mean, you better call it fair on the other side. And, I mean, there wasn't a ton of contact with Givens driving to the basket. I would have liked to have just Frazier to drive to the basket just with Givens' his size. Feels a little bit too small to be driving. He can get swatted. Um so I, I would I would have preferred Otis Frazier driving the ball at the end of the game. I hear you. Okay, so you want Frazier to take that last shot. I get you. Uh, Adam, let me react to some of your points. First off, Givens, over the past two games, yeah, you you kind of saw the flashes right there of everything we were promised ahead of the season, right? I mean, the coaching staff promises everybody that uh, Givens is somebody who's a reliable leader, who is a proven scorer from Evansville, somebody who wants to lead this team in winning efforts. Uh, you, We've seen some of the bad early on, maybe more passive from him, Kind of being, uh, you know, disappearing during stretches and things like that. Tonight, eight turnovers. That's my issue with Givens. And like you said, maybe an undersized guard at times, uh, maybe that kind of hurts him. But he never lets that hurt him, uh, you know, at, at longer stretches. In this one, I felt like he went off uh, and, you know, he had a really nice hot stretch, uh, hot shooting stretch in this game. He finished with 10 points and 7 rebounds as well. So he was being aggressive, rebounding the basketball, diving for loose balls, uh, being aggressive on the defensive side. So, yeah. 
given you know UTEP wins he wins the tournament MVP and then we're talking about this completely different we're talking about Shamar Givens coming off uh, a great two-game stretch and can he lead UTEP into the promised land uh, through conference play that would have been the narrative had UTEP won so I want to give Shamar Givens a ton of credit because I believe what he did tonight and what he did these past two games is he's kind of um, turned the corner personally for himself and maybe he could be a new player here come Conference USA playtime. And I think that's all that matters. Uh, Sal, I'll get your thoughts on this. Shamar Givens, do you think he's turned the corner? Is it too early to tell? Uh, you know what? I, I don't want to say um, – uh, I'll say take it game by game because you're comparing two games out of, what, 12 total played Exactly. So far. That's right. Very um, fair. Very so fair. I, I don't want to just say turn the corner completely. But also, too, guys are, are stepping up every night as well. So let's say another guy is stepping up and, and dropping those you know dropping dives and getting buckets left and right you know that kind of shows that almost anybody can fill that role on a given night and I think that's just due to the balance but uh if I had to answer yes or no I would say no but it's not a bad thing I get you I totally understand uh, our telephone number is 915-505-6009 that's a telephone number to get in uh sincere carry by the way I just thought he was he's excellent I mean like yeah. look Sule Boom frustrated a lot of opposing teams because he'd always get to the free throw line there's almost um it's almost like a superpower if you're under it's an if art you're form. yeah <laughs> it's a, there you go it's a form of art when you um when you're a guard and you're able to draw contact like that and always get to the free throw line sometimes you find out hey my shot is not falling for whatever reason we are getting rattled left and right and sincere carry said nope I'm not I'm not gonna hit all these shots I'm driving to the hoop I got my head down I'm gonna show what I could do as far as my handles go and I'm getting foul I'm getting the the foul called against me uh left and right and that's exactly what he did he killed UTEP at the free throw line and that's all she wrote um you know through the final stretch our telephone number 915-505-6009 let's go to Twitter before we get to Rob Talisha Bennett tweets the show uh this guy she tweets a picture to us and says the refs went to Kent State uh, she also <laughs> tweets us, once again with those free throws and the ref. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, Matthew Castro tweets the show, the hustle and heart of this team are great, but we're just not a very good team. You hold a team to 47 points at home and nearly out-rebound them times two, and we still can't win. We still don't know how to score um, at UTEP men's basketball. David Castro tweets the show, at least we made four threes. We put we out-rebounded them 2-1. to one. We're just not a good team at the moment. I would say this. Look, if you're trying to make overgeneralizations, yeah, you want to look at the rebounding margin. UTEP out-rebounds Kent today 44-26. to 26. Looks great, right? But the turnover margin doesn't look great. UTEP had 22 turnovers today. They were rattled by that Kent State defense right there. And, hey, give credit to Kent State. They're, they're one of the best mid-major teams in the country. So to rush to judgment and say UTEP's not a very good team after yeah. losing 47-46, against Kent State. This was the game plan, Sal. It was they weren't trying to get this to 70 points. They yeah. wanted this to be as low score. I thought it would be 55-50. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But they wanted mm-hmm. this as low scoring as possible. Yeah, and you want to give yourself a chance in this type of game, which they did. It came down to the last possession. So to say they're not a good team just because they didn't win. I mean that that's debatable, but if they're not a good team, then that doesn't mean that they're a bad team. I, I just you know don't what I mean? now. Yeah, yeah, I just I would say that this team. I, I'm not ready to call them, you know, necessarily good, but I'd still say that they can be competitive with the, yeah. the top half of Conference USA, and they could become a very good team. I I still think the upside's there. I, I'd say they're on the brink 
of being a good team. And, and all that means to me is can they get it done when it matters the most in a large part of their games? And can they do it consistently to be successful? That doesn't mean you reel off, you know, nine, ten wins in a row. It just means do you give yourself a chance to win and do you win majority of those games? Adrian at Enemy Win 3 tweets the show, Adrian, this game doesn't mean anything, but how many people want to see a game where teams don't even score 50? I don't. I don't. It's coming from Adrian. You know what? I, I can't. That's his. That's his feeling right there. I can't knock him there because I feel like, while I said that, you know, while I said, hey, a 47, 46 point game doesn't necessarily mean teams are good or bad. Uh, at the same time, entertainment value wise, I can understand fans not necessarily liking this game and feeling like, ugh, I mean, UTEP could have shot better and could have won. Yeah. But at the same time, defensively, they held uh, Kent State to 32% from the field and 16% shooting from three point range. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to be happy at s- for something, right? <laughs> or, or upset yeah. about something, right? The, the lower the score uh, of the game, the closer the game was going to be. There you go. I'll, there you I'll go. Put it that way. Yeah. Let's go to Rob next on the phone lines nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's our telephone number. Rob, good evening, man. Happy holidays to you. What's going on? Not much, man. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I pretty much thoroughly uh, enjoyed the game until the end, and uh, it, it just reminded me a lot of the, uh, basically, kind of any big win in, uh, in Joe Golding's time at Abilene looked like that, except, you know, they came out the victor. Those people are expecting like a just a clean game, you know. I don't think that's the makeup of his team, um, but that's just like kind of like what it looked like at Abilene. Um, yeah, they're I, gritty. I like the, yeah, I like the fact that uh, I like the fact that that Kent State really brought the pressure on defense. I don't think UTEP's played a team like that all year that can play defense like that. I think that led that led a lot to the you know the poor offensive performance. I think Kent State had a lot to do with it. Um, they gave you know they give the Aggies a lot of problems. Yeah, uh, that's right. I think that, that's going to help them going forward. Um, I guess my my only kind of question is it it seems like they're still trying to figure out uh, maybe their offensive identity. And I think over the last two days, I've gathered it, it almost appears like the guards don't trust the bigs. But you I know what? You're not the first to say this, Rob. Other people have commented this too that the guards don't feed the bigs inside, or maybe the guards just take it for themselves. They do, and that was pretty evident on the last possession. And uh, another caller pointed it out. I don't know if that was the play drawn or what, but given to five eight, and you know that's not a high percentage shot driving into the lane like that with three guys on you. Um, and then Hardy did that the possession before, so both of the guards uh, essentially got blocked. I would have preferred. Uh, uh, maybe Solomon or, um, you know, Kevin, Kevin Kalou. But, yeah. um, you know, I think not having McKinney really hurt him this time. And I just, I don't feel like they have an identity. I think it should be through the bigs, but who knows? And as far as uh, going forward, if, if they're going to want to do damage in the conference and the conference tournament, all these games are going to be close. So they're going to have to, Really tighten up those those last, you know, the, basically the two minute drill. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Have to, they have to figure out who their guy is throughout the stretch. Like, do you know who their guy? Who would you say? Like late game situation, who do you want shooting the bucket for this team that you feel good with? Shooting like outside 
the or just taking the last shot. Let's just say it that way. Just taking the last shot because if it's driving to the hoop, if it's pulling up, whatever it is, what what is the what's your ideal situation? All right, there's two situations. If it's if it's a jump shot, I like Hardy, and if it's going but Hardy got rim, blocked like, on the second to last possession. No, 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 no it's a jump shot. Okay, not okay, a, okay. A drive to the basket. Uh, so if it's a jump shot, I like Hardy, and if it's a drive to the basket, I like Solomon because I don't think anybody could block that guy's shot. Okay, but I, I got I you, like, man. I like I like that going forward, but you know I don't draw too much other than the effort's awesome. So I just hope they get better on offense. I think they will be. I don't think they're going to play a team that good, and uh, you know we'll see where it goes. But thanks, man. Thanks, man. Hey, take care. Happy holidays to you, Rob. Uh, real interesting call, and I really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. 915-505-6009. Sal, do you have the right answer? Okay, who's your, uh, in this scenario right here, uh, I'll ask you right after this, after you answer that. But um, good question there by Rob. I, I guess he inadvertently just, um, I, I'm, at, I'm turning his answer into a question. But who would you take in a late game situation last second shot for UTEP, and then maybe who would you take uh, as a driving to the hoop type of guy? I'll go with, I'm, you know what, you're, somebody might laugh at me, but the way that things were going tonight, I'd actually feed it to Onyema if I'm talking about guys mm-hmm. uh, down low inside the hoop because he was really feasting down low uh, late in the game. And if I'm taking somebody to do a pull-up jumper, I might go either Givens from the outside, like the perimeter, give him some space, or I'd get uh, Otis Frazier on the elbow. So that would be my two. That that'd be mine right there. What about you? You know what? My my pick is obvious, but he wasn't available tonight, and and that's oh, Mario okay. McKinney. Okay. I, I think he has to have the ball. You know, when the game is on the line. But as as far as I'll, I'll say this, I'll say guard wise, and then big or slasher wise. And if I had to pick a big or a slasher, um, give me go Otis Frazier. So I think I like it. I like that so, a lot. Uh, but being that obviously McKinney didn't uh, didn't play tonight. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the of the final call, but. I say this knowing that hindsight is always twenty twenty. I, I thought they should have drawn up something a bit better, but I mean the way that the game was going, in a way I kind of understand why they went the way that they did. Yeah, no, I I, I can understand that. I like that. Uh, let's keep things moving. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. As we continue here on Minor Talk, Louis is joining us next on the phones. Louis, good evening. What's going on? Not much. How you guys doing? I'm doing well, doing well. What's going on with you? So, uh, went to the game again uh, this evening, and of course, disappointed. I, you know, to me, I thought it was a good game. I mean, it, it brought me back to the Haskins days when. So you you're okay with the low scoring? You're okay with that? I'm good with the low scoring and the defense and the hustling and you know, but the last caller had a really good point. Um, I told my son, I said. And, and I'm watching, I'm watching the guards, and I'm watching the bigs, and they just stare at the bigs, and they got they got their man situated. Pass it in, pass it in, and they don't. They just stare at them, and then they pass it around the other way. You know, we the games that I've been to that I've seen, we've had a size advantage. You know, we have a size advantage up front, especially with Hamilton. I mean, he did great the last game. They put him in for a little while. He got a couple of fouls. We never saw him again. You know, so I don't know what the philosophy is for uh, Coach Golding. But to me, you know, we got to get the ball inside. But at the same time, I think one of the things that we're really missing is a floor leader. 
we don't really have anybody that separates themselves. Probably, you know, maybe with the exception of Rio, but, you know, it, it's a fact that, you know, I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, that's why sometimes we really don't have that go-to person, you know. That's um, interesting. So you're you're already, like, kind of not necessarily writing off McKinney and, and Givens, but not necessarily calling those guys the, the floor generals for this team? No, we need, we need like, a floor general. Our point guard needs to be the quarterback. And I don't see that. Can you uh, can I, you give a comparison to like last year or previous years of a floor general that you'd like to see a, a UTEP team have in the future? Oh yeah, I'm old school. You bring back uh, Tim Hardaway, uh, Eddie Rivera. Those guys were floor generals, and I know I'm going back, and I'm old school. I'm an old guy, but you know the thing is, is that those are floor generals. You know who was going to have a ball at the end. And you know what they were going to do. They were going to drive it in and, and distribute it. They were going to get it to the right person. They knew where to go, and they trusted their players. To me, the guards don't trust the bigs. I mean, to me, I, I told my son, I think we need to go inside to the big, get a foul, maybe, you know, get a, a, an N1, or at least give us a chance to go to the free throw line. Um, you know, and that didn't happen. I mean, we did a little better on our free throws. You know, it's it's getting better. But, you know, to me, it's just a situation to where it's swing the ball around, swing the ball around, swing the ball around. The bigs are working their cans off. To, you know, they're open, and they look at them, they stare at them for a while, and then they swing it back the other way. And to me, it's just trust the bigs. I think we could do a whole lot more with that. You know what? I, I feel like again, this is now a broken record right here, Louie, But you're not um, you're not alone thinking that UTEP could feed the bigs a little bit more, get them more involved in the offensive game, and uh, kind of you know go kind of work inside out. You know, really really capitalize on your offensive scoring inside out. The only thing I would say against that, Louie, is you just look at today. And and again, I understand where you're coming from. I get it. You've seen uh, winning formulas happen. Uh, you you called your yourself old school or you know you, you uh, reference some great players and some legendary players Eddie Rivera and of course Tim Hardaway um, an NBA Hall of Famer right now you reference all those things and I and I completely get it I would just say that um, they I, I guess they want to have balance between some perimeter scoring which just hasn't gotten there or um, you know just trying to get their guards more active and scoring so for whatever reason um, we haven't seen the bigs kind of dominate or take over a game versus, you know, the guard play trying to balance out their scoring. I, I would just say if you really wanted to boil it down, UTEP is going to be a score-by-committee team night in, night out. They're not going to have a bona fide uh, superstar who's going to stand out and who's going to carry the, the team and score 25 points a night like they did last year with Sule Boom. That's just not what this team is made of. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009 as we continue. Let's go to Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to. Really appreciate Appreciate all the activity tonight. Our uh, phone lines, we will stay active tonight as long as possible. Um, Before we go to Twitter, also want to mention we've got two awards to hand out later on tonight. Our Hot Hand Award, uh, thanks to Wind Supply El Paso. And then our Player of the Game brought to you by Keith Southwest. This will be the last minor talk that we have for a while. So if you are trying to get in on the show, please do so tonight. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's go to Twitter. Chi-Town Miner tweets the show home for the holidays so i saw the game live miss the dawn it beats 
even the United Center on most nights. Would have at least won a bet in Illinois as the Miners covered. Good game, but nothing new. Scrappy team, fun to cheer for, but offensively challenged. Hashtag Miner Talk. Uh, Pinky tweets the show. Thanks for what you do for area sports. Have a merry and safe holiday season. Hashtag Miner Talk. You too, Pinky. Appreciate that. Good to see you. Utep Mineto tweets the show. He says, this one hurts. I watched the until the end. Better days ahead. Go Miners. Uh, hashtag Miner Talk from Mineto. Uh, Kingsley Onyema tweets the show. Miners played well tonight. They played with high energy the entire game. We came up short to a very good and highly ranked team in the NCAA. We will continue to get better. Hashtag Miner Talk. Hashtag Picks Up. Hashtag Rise Up 915. Tristan Pence on the show. Hard-fought game by the Miners. If they gave effort like this for the remainder of the season, they will win their share of games in Conference USA. I got a good look at the last play, and Givens clearly got fouled. The refs swallowed their whistles. Merry Christmas, guys. Hashtag Mm. minor talk. Merry Christmas to you, Tristan. Merry Christmas. You know what? I I like that tweet because that's what you're going to see. You're going to see hustle, and you're going to see grit. For 40-plus, and, you know, if it goes to overtime, you're going to see that same effort. So, you know, when it comes to hustle and, and, you know, doing – making those uh, those 100% efforts on the smallest of plays, that's what you see from this team. So you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I, I think you will. I think you will see a gritty team that's going to give a ton of effort like that. Um, and if they don't give the effort, they're going to get blown out like they did against DePaul and like they did against uh, New Mexico State. But when they fight yeah. hard and when they fight in these games, they have a chance to win every one of them. And I love the game plan by the coaches. I thought they came in with a really solid game plan, and I didn't necessarily like the game plan from Kent State. I thought UTEP kind of uh, out-schemed them in a sense. They, they, they were way tougher tonight. They just simply couldn't get the win, and that just sometimes happens in college basketball. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We've got full lines, Leon, Baba Ganoush, and George. Let's start with Leon first. Leon, good evening. What's going on? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what what a game. Maybe we'll figure out how to win one of those one day, but Merry Christmas to you. Uh, hey, I think we we need to be thankful for the gift you guys provide us fans after the game. So thank you. Hey, Merry appreciate Christmas. that. Merry Christmas to you, Leon. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you always calling in. You've been like a day one caller, Leon, so we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, great game. You know, I, I think where I'm lost in this, and you guys asked the question about who would take the last shot, and I, I remember last year, it seems like he's played himself out of a position. Uh, Javar Sibley. I know he's been off a little bit. He was off this tournament. Uh, I think he hit a shot, maybe a three yesterday, but um, haven't seen much of him. Um, one of our returner players, you know, recruited by Georgetown, um, just interesting. And, and it seems like he's hit some big shots, doesn't really seem to be playing very much. I don't know if he's in the doghouse. Not taking anything away from anybody else, but I wanted to get your take on that because I think he was. Uh... Yeah, I think that's a good question right there, Leon. As far as uh, I'll, I'll just give you numbers, okay? I, I just want to give you some numbers right here. Last year, Jamari Sibley, in his first real year playing college basketball, starts 22 games for the Miners. He plays in 33, so he plays in almost every single game for the Miners. Last year, he shot 45% from the field. He shot uh, um, specifically. 
35% from three-point range, and then 67% from the free-throw line. Last year, he averaged four rebounds a game and also averaged a block a game and five uh, five points a game. This year, he's averaging six points a game, so kind of right around his, his average, oddly enough, even though we've seen more of a passive Jamari Sibley to start things off, uh, he has started five games this year thus far, uh, has played in all 11 for the minors. He's averaging more minutes per game than last year, 22 minutes compared to last year. He averaged about 20 minutes a game. Uh, and and compared to last year's shooting, his shooting numbers have actually gone down a little bit. Um, he's uh, a 42% shooter. Uh, uh, shooter from the floor, and uh, that's compared to last year, 46%. He's actually uh, dipped in three-point percentage and uh, free throws. He's actually That's where he's actually improved, so he's about an 83% free throw shooter. But you're right. I mean, uh, we haven't seen Jamari Sibley really stand out like he had in years past. I mean, like, he, he had sparks last year where you wanted to maybe cling on to those and think, could he do this in a starting effort? Could he take that next step and be that player to take over games? And that's just not the player he is. So it's unfair of us as you know a, a collective to put on that expectation on Jamari Sibley, who also really changed his position over the offseason, plays that three role, and now he's playing that hybrid 3-4. So I, I feel like while people want him to be more aggressive, that might not just be the player he is. He, he just might not be that kind of player and you know take it for what he's worth uh take it for uh him playing the way he is right now he might just be who he is and and wh- where he was last year yeah well i just hope he gets to contribute a little more he seems to have a knack to hit a big shot now and then and it would have been nice today anyways great show guys merry christmas to you. hey merry christmas leon appreciate the phone call let's keep it moving baba ganoush is next 915-505-6009 we just freed up a phone line if you'd like to weigh in on the show we just freed up a phone line so you can do it right now with us 915-505-6009 baba ganoush good evening what's going on hey guys happy holidays <clears throat> happy holidays to you baba ganoush good to hear from you what's going on Hey man, I I love the defensive effort. I'm perfectly fine with the what was it, 47, 46 game or whatever it was. That's right. I love that. You're the okay with that. You're okay with the low scoring, gritty kind of defensive games. Oh yeah, I loved it because they played so hard on defense all night and just going for steal. I, I love the defensive effort. Yeah, they're really challenged offensively. Um, that one caller a few callers ago who said, "Who do you want to see take it like more to the basket or whatever?" That question was. Yeah, I would say Los Angeles is going to be that guy down the road. He just he, he just is a little bit off still. It seems like like he's not 100 percent back from the injury. Um, but he made a couple moves tonight. Well, I'm like, well, that might be the guy that they can lean on to score along with McKinney. I don't know. I didn't see him play tonight. No, he was out. I, yeah, I've seen him before, and he could really kind of score the ball. Um, but I think with those two, like they can be a really good team. They're really close. And then with Oyama and the big guy inside Hamilton and Kalu, like they have all the pieces there. It's just like they're not gelling and putting it all together yet, but they do have the potential to do that. You know what I mean? Like they're right there. Um, they just need to like blend it all together, and you know, hopefully in the next few months they can get on a roll, and then you never know what happens in March. Yeah, and and isn't that to be expected? As far as like you're saying, hey, they've got good parts. They've got a, a bit. They've got some bigs. They've got some guards who can play. They've got also some stretch forwards. Isn't that a, all a reflection of a team that just lacks chemistry and cohesion? Which that's the case with this group. It's a brand new team. They've only known each other for what five, six months at max. Yeah, like 
what, three of them came back? You know, who was it, Onyema and, and Sibley and I don't know. Yeah, Kalu, and Kalu, yeah, that's right. And everybody else is new, so you're like, well, this is kind of what's expected for a team that's so new together. You know what I mean? They're going to have nights like this where they don't know where they're going to get their offense from. And I think in a month they'll be a lot better. But I think all the pieces are there right now. The one thing I didn't like tonight, two things I didn't like tonight. First of all, they need to stay out there for the trophy presentation. Like, you lost, so okay, that's fine. But you stay out there and you get your trophy and, you you know, you man up and you fake the loss. But the other thing was I didn't like how the official made the call at 18 seconds on Shamar Givens, and it was kind of ticky-tack. But then he clearly gets bodied inside the lane, and then he doesn't make the call. So Yeah, be consistent. I think once, right. Like, if you're inside the 30 seconds and you're going to call that on the perimeter – like that far away from the basket and a ticky-tack foul like that, you have to call the one inside the lane. That really bothered me about the way the game ended. Yeah, the, the refs should never take control of a game like that, and they weren't. That, that was the frustrating thing. They were letting these guys play all all night long, and that was the frustrating part with me. I was I was wondering, why did they not let them just play this out? So, hey, great phone call, Baba Ganoush. Really appreciate your phone call. Happy holidays to you, and uh, it's great to hear from you. So, really appreciate it. Let's keep things moving here on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the show. Uh, next up is George on the phone. George, good evening. What's going on? No, I, I just I just want to tell you, Adrian, uh, for a preseason uh, invitational tournament, Don Hoskins, you know, it would have been great to come out with a W, but this team showed grit. It showed energy. It showed a defensive prowess. They played a heck of a game, and they have nothing to hang their heads down. They took this team to the limit, and unfortunately we came out with, with with the loss, but you know what? It's still uh, early in the season. Uh, I I get what coach is doing. He he's trying to figure out who's who's going to get the minutes. And and I mean, it's still preseason. Remember, conference play really hasn't started. You got to find out who's going to give you the the best uh, production when when you're out there on on the court. And I mean, I still don't see anybody really standing out. But you know what? Gibbons. Uh, played a heck of a game. I think they all did, and they have nothing to hang their heads down. I mean, taking a team like, like this, Kent State, to uh, 46-47, they, they should have they should have, uh, they should have played. Uh, I, I think they, UTEP didn't stand a chance. I really didn't, didn't think they were, it was going to be this close. No, I didn't. I mean, I looked at the first game yesterday. New Mexico State, they were fighting hard. I mean, George, you, you, uh, I'm sure you got a chance to see that one as well, where the Aggies were playing that game, the Golden Flashes, really well, and Kent State even broke off in that game, and they let they won by ten. They were they won seventy three sixty three. So the blowout potential was there. UTEP wanted this game to be as gritty as possible. You nailed nailed it right on the head. This this game also in the bigger picture in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean the world, right? I mean, of course, UTEP wants to win the West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational. I think that's a step forward uh, in your program, and it's a reflection of where you are early on into the season. But if you're a fan out there and you're hoping that UTEP can really uh, you know, reach its full potential, then you're thinking that that potential can be reached in conference play. You're not necessarily worried about the non-conference part of the season. And 
like you were saying, the the real part of the season is really now. I mean, we're talking about uh, UTEP going through a 19-game stretch of Conference USA that wraps up in a tournament format, which is probably going to still be a one-bid league as well. So you have a gauntlet of a conference that you have to go through. The conference has definitely gotten better um, you know, since last year. And uh, for the Miners right now, yeah, maybe they, they lack uh, a bona fide star, sure. But as a team, as a collective, even though they're still trying to develop cohesion and chemistry, they've proven that they can hang with the best of them out there out of the mid-major ranks, at least at home. And uh, I think that's that's a, a good thing right there. I don't think there's anything to panic about for UTEP. They didn't have Mario McKinney, who I still believe is their best player overall. Like, if you had to pick a best player, I'm still riding with Mario McKinney. I, I do think he is their best player, and maybe he does take that last shot if he's available. But, uh, Sal, I'll throw it back to you. I mean, this isn't necessarily a panic button. In fact, no. I actually feel better about the Miners after this. It, it's not a panic button unless you needed this game to decide if uh, they're going to be a the top team in the conference or if they're going to be a top mid major team. Sure, uh, you, you know what I mean. But you know, in when it, what it boils down to is they had a chance because their defense they stuck to their identity, and that's what gave them a chance to win the game. Now, don't get me wrong. If if there's games like this and they continue to drop game after game after game, then there's something there that's not getting them over the hump. But when you look at you know, the competition they face when they went up against DePaul, the second game against uh, New Mexico State, also the game against Texas. Those games were, were, you know, they were either blowouts or they got blown out at some point in the game. It was either full-fledged or halfway at some point. And in this one, um, you know, I'd probably stay next to uh, Texas. This is probably the best team that they'll play. And uh, you can even throw in uh, the Aggies in that mix as well. Um, they They hung around and they've gotten better. Um, you know, since these last couple of games, because when they took on the Aggies and when they took on um, DePaul on the road, they were a shell of themselves. Now, they were at home in this game. Don't get me wrong at that. But for them to say, hey, we're not going to go out there and have 90 plus dropped on us. It was almost half of that. Yeah, I, I totally mm. understand that right there, too. Uh, let's move on with Twitter real quick. Um, let's go to two tweets. This one coming from CK Milestone Photo from earlier. Uh, Coach Joe Golding takes takes out players when they're getting moment, uh, where they're gaining momentum. Too many players in and out of the game. It's hard to keep a rhythm. Also, bad last play call. What does Golding have against using his bigs? Perfect time in the last seconds to use Kalu. Hashtag minor talk. Are they there? Are they there at the point right now where they could trust the bigs? It doesn't have to be Kalu, but can they trust their bigs? I even said Zarek Onyema earlier when I was talking about maybe my choice, but could you trust Jonathan Dosanjos, Calvin Solomon, Kevin Kalu, or Zarek Onyema with the last shot right now? Uh, uh- you work for the best shot, period. No matter who, no matter who. That's it's a better. Go to. That's a really good answer. And and, and I, I say this because I look at this as more of a team, more so. And 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 I'm a big hypocrite, right? Because I'm like, you got to give McKinney the ball at the end of the game. Well, if he's not there, uh, but also too, if the ball movement is well. Why not work for that best shot? Because as the season goes on, you got to be able to trust your teammate no matter what position they play. And I think that's where it lies. It's not so much, hey, do you trust the bigs because, you know, they're shooting XYZ percentage or whatever the case is. I think you trust your teammate regardless, whether it be, you know, them passing it down low, then bigs try to get a shot. But if there's nothing there, they pass it back out or you could flip it around. You yeah, know that's I mean? true. That's so true. Yeah. I, I, I think you trust your teammate no matter what. 
position you're at. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. This is the last minor talk for a while. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. We got one call to get to, more tweets to get to as well. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar ID at the agency here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back to the phones right now as we continue our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Mike from Austin is joining us next. Mike, good evening. What's going on? Gentlemen, Merry Christmas to you both, to you and your families. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, Mike, and really appreciate that from uh, Sal Montes and myself. So um, I am not a fan of even considering uh, moral victories. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But, but this game, I, I will say this, even though my take last night about Onyema going double-double um, did not pan out, um, I, I don't think he got the minutes for that to even happen. But I will say that this, this game is going to pay huge dividends downstream. And the reason why I say that is that when they go back and look at the film, every single player is going to sit there and look at this going, okay, uh, we didn't get the benefit of some of the calls. Um, this game should have been six to eight point victory for the minors. And they're going to see it and they're going to say, you know what? We can't leave it in the ref's hands. We're going to have to go out there and put it on the floor. And we're talking about a star you know, the minors don't have a star. We actually do, and it's the coaching staff. I think that the coaching staff, in a day, that they didn't like, you know, many of the callers didn't like the fact that they put it in his hands at the end of the game. You put it in your best player's hands, and right now, he is the best player on the floor, um, especially with uh, Mario out. He is the best player on the floor. You let him drive to the basket, try to draw the foul, and end the game. And so I think that's exactly what they were trying to do, especially um, what Givens has shown on the last two games. You know, his ability to get to the hoop, score, or at least draw the foul, it just didn't pan out for us today. And But I think that once, once the team sees the, the, the film, they're going to understand, and this is going to be a huge dividend downstream. I feel like your bigger picture, um, you know, point out of all this, the fact that this game will mean a lot to them down the stretch, uh, goes into what we opened up the show talking about, Mike, and we were saying how, um, you know, UTEP having this opportunity to play in a late game situation like this, it helps them grow up. It helps them actually win some of these close uh, games down the stretch. And yeah, they went to overtime against Cal State Bakersfield, but that was not for good reasons, right? Yeah, they go to double overtime against Alcorn State, and that's not for good reason either um, and they let Texas A&M Corpus Christi come back after they were winning in a big way this one was just a tough gritty game that was just going back and forth all, all the way game. down yeah, yeah exactly and I, I feel like 
you know, going into that UAB game next week, that's that's a huge test as well. That's the best team in Conference USA. It's got the best talent in Jelly Walker. And uh, I want to see how UTEP comes out in that game. I think that's going to be a key one to look at. Mm-hmm. But to, to um, um, what, what Mike was saying and to his point about Shamar Givens taking that last tr- shot down the stretch, I feel like we could make f- arguments for and against a lot of players and it's all you know. It's all hindsight, right? If Givens makes oh, that yeah. shot, we're we're not talking about anything. We're talking about him being tournament MVP again. Does he turn the corner in his own season? That's true. Is he propelled himself for conference play? Uh, if Tay Hardy takes that last shot, we could have argued against it and said, "Well, he just missed the previous shot. Why is he taking again another shot?" If Otis Frazier takes that last shot and he doesn't make it, then we're arguing, "Well, why is Otis Frazier taking that shot when he's barely coming back from injury? Why do you put all?" that weight on him if uh, it's Kalu down low or Zarek Onyema down low or whoever any of the bigs yeah. what, what you could argue is the lack of experience taking that last shot so I feel like hindsight's always twenty twenty with that last shot you live with it and you ride with the, lo- the hot hand I think Mike just you know w- well put right there you ride with the hot mm-hmm. hand and I, I'm good now after Mike said that I'm good with Shamar taking that it, shot. And you know what, too? Let's say it was a big or someone else driving and the shot gets blocked. Well, on the previous possession, the shot got blocked, too. So does it even matter? Sure. You know what I mean? Who was driving at that point? And then to kind of flip it over, right? Uh, let's say Shamar hits that shot. Or he does get fouled and goes to the line. They're singing the praises like, wow, he knew that the ref would be in a position to call a foul. And Joe Golding drew it up. That's what the that's what the word would be had that happened, right? But, you know, right now everybody's singing the praises of Sincere Carey. And, and definitely worthy. This is no knock on him. But he didn't have the greatest game either. The man had six turnovers, um, was well under 500 shooting. And he didn't make a three um, tonight as well. So where he got it done, that difference was um, having the composure near the end and hitting those free throws um but more importantly not missing a single free throw and when you factor that in when the score is 47 to 46 that is the big big difference there whereas Shamar and Tehardi they um they didn't get to the free throw line and it's and it's not a knock on the refs I'm not saying it was the refs fault or anything but it's it's those instances that made the game shape up the way that it did so if if Givens makes that shot people are saying wow uh, Carey, he's supposed to be the best player. He was well under 500. He had six turnovers. You know, it's it's just one play, literally, that, that changed the game. You're exactly right, Sal, and I feel like you could pick apart a lot of the par- problems with some of the t- players on both rosters from this game. And it's just... Uh, that's a testament of just a really good college basketball game going back and forth and guys making yeah. mistakes. It's just bottom line. Uh, I don't like this tweet. Daniel tweets the show. This roster is going to need some major upgrades at the shooting guard position and a major upgrade at the point guard position. UTEP is not good enough and they choked. They will always be that they almost had it. They will always be, quote, they almost had it minors until UTEP decides to do something about it. You know what, man? I'm just going to say it like this, Daniel. Um, the resources are just simply not there for them to to have recruited a class to where you know maybe they're competitive already in co- at the top of Conference USA. It's going to take time for Coach Golding to build something here versus other schools where they have NIL dollars and they can throw it at recruits left and right and they can bring in guys and, and throw big dollars at them to recruit and if you don't think that these uh, players are coming for any other reason than NIL dollars then you're, you're mistaken. You're just fooling yourself and uh, UTEP doesn't have any of that budget. They 
They don't have any of those kind of um, uh, resources right there. So I just I, I would say right there, as far as that one right there, I I'm, I don't agree. Uh, let's go to more tweets. Rick I am. This is Rick I am Chicano tweets the show. Gritty play by our guys. Turnovers cost us the game tonight. Guards need to do a better job getting the ball down low to bigs and stop being lazy with the ball. Uh, Bigs were open often inside, but the ball did not come. Hashtag minor talk. Francisco Rodriguez tweets the show, People criticizing the offense can't appreciate that this team is amazing defensively. But if you look at the numbers, UTEP shot 40% most of the game and out-rebounded Kent State. It all game came down to turnovers. Do you really put uh, everything on turnovers, Sal, or, or do you kind of believe that it's a mix of different things? Uh, you know what? I, I think it's... Um, I don't want I want to say it's a mix to make it sound like a, like a fair split, right? Like if it's three three uh, three things, it's not thirty three across the board. But if there's one thing that that hampered them the most, it was for sure the turnovers because uh, we talked about a stat yesterday. I don't know the exact numbers now, and and also too, I don't want to be the stats guy. I just reel out what I see. <laughs> I I'm literally. I just know how to read. That's it. <laughs> there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. But we talked about that assist to um uh to turnovers per game, right? The average. Yeah. Well, they had 22 turnovers to only seven assists. So Ooh. that means when when it comes to you know taking care of the ball, they hurt themselves 15 times more. At least on these two stats, uh, they hurt themselves 15 times more um, than they did. Um, you know when it comes to helping themselves. So that that's wow. a, that's a big big number, man. Yeah, that really is. I'm glad you pointed that out, Sal. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez also tweets the show. People complaining of a low-scoring game, this type of game is 10 times more exciting than any blowout or game where one team clear is clearly dominant. Um, Francisco, I disagree with that, but I will say that if you watch those games where it's just like high pace, high energy, where two teams are going up and down the floor and chucking threes, that is brutal to watch. And tonight was like yeah. pure basketball where they're trying to ping it inside, down low, and trying to work for every single bucket, which I appreciated out of this one. Um, Joe Chacon, we were waiting for him to tweet the show, and he finally does. Uh, better energy tonight for sure. The hands were all over the boards, but they need to have a complete game. This game was turnovers. The past games were poor shot reactions or uh, selections, poor shot selections, bad free throw shooting, etc. As for the score, it could be 1-0. As long as it's a win, I'm good. Um, it's still early in the season, and there's plenty of potential on this team. Take a breather. Enjoy your holiday. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag Santa Claus is coming to town. Hashtag send Lupitas. Hashtag still not finished with my hashtags. And uh, oh, he has a whole other one that I, I'm not even going to. Let me let me see. Pick your uh, favorite one. Okay, okay. Let me pick my I favorite hashtag. I got mine hashtag. already. I know what I, it is. I see your favorite one already. Uh-huh. Um, Already looking forward to next show. I like that. No, no, no. Cowboys get an early Christmas gift on Saturday. That's my favorite one. What about you, Sal? Uh, maybe Sal's Lions can make it. <laughs> I love that one. It, can I pick a second favorite? Uh, yes. Time for shots to warm up. <laughs> I, I don't know if he means, you know, the you know shooting-wise basketball or... You know, if he's waking up, you know, around nine, ten in the morning, and you know, getting some tequila <laughs> in the kitchen while the foods, um, while the foods being made, maybe both. Maybe, maybe both. Maybe you're I, drinking I like tequila. With, you know, you have a shot glass in one hand, and then you're, you're, you know, shooting a free throw with the other. 
It's hey. it's possible. Maybe both. It feels like a negative 11 degrees out in Fountain, Colorado, That's where crazy. Joe Chacon is listening from. Uh, appreciate you, Joe. Thanks for listening on the show, as always. Um, this coming in from uh, CK Milestone Photo again. Coach Joe Golding saying that they needed more time sounds like an excuse, in my opinion. They had 18 seconds. They had the last possession. Draw up a better play, and they could have won. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, Coming from CK Milestone Photo. Um, Let's see what other tweets that we have here on the show. This is from Brandon Cox. UTEP should have kicked it out to Otis Frazier in the corner. So he he thinks that uh, Frazier should have taken that last shot. You know what? I... I think that it, it games like these that come down to the wire, games like these that are in the balance and stuff like that, what more can you ask for? Because, like we've mentioned, this is a great Kent State team, and the fact that UTEP was in this game, mm-hmm. they, it just felt like they were punching uh, above their weight. I mean, they, they just uh, had this. They, they were they were the underdogs in this one, uh, considerable underdogs, and they, they pulled through with just a one-point loss. And, and you know what, too? I, I can't remember who it was they called in and, and they mentioned this, but in terms of, like, being in this type of game and then seeing what they did wrong and having the film to back it up so that way they could work on it and prepare for another situation like this I think this is right in that wheelhouse too right let's say similar situation it's a one-point game whether they're up or down and they need a bucket yeah they can drop a play like this if Frazier's open they'll likely kick it out that's true I trust this team to look at the film and um you know try to be in those in the spots that can help them out or or you know capitalize or or just be in a position to make a play and a lot of that really too comes down to effort and there's no lack when it comes to effort for this team i i love that and that's one of the the reasons why i really appreciate this team is they bring a lot of effort and when they don't have the effort you can you can clearly tell you call it i i could say that that game against depaul the game against uh, new mexico state at times in those two blowout losses you question the effort from this team in tonight's game there was not a single question about the effort that the miners gave off so so that's the impressive stuff from today's game. Hey, uh, if you want to give a uh, call, uh, if you want to call us here on the show, now is definitely the time to do it. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we are going to give out our awards here on the show. Our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, along with our player of the game. Thanks to Keith Southwest. If you'd like to give us a call, this is uh, your last chance on Minor Talk for a while. We will not have Minor Talk until January. January 6th, so this is our last show of the year. Uh, give us a call, 915-505-6009. We can talk some UTEP hoops as Minor Talk continues. Let's take a time out right now. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency as you're listening only on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Final segment of Minor Talk here. If you'd like to weigh in on the show, now is the time to do it. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Minor Talk, we're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Trust the Oscar Arieta Agency. With all your home, auto, life, and commercial insurance needs, that's the Oscar Arieta Agency. Dot, um, and, and check them out online, OscarAddyAtTheAgency.com. Uh, as we continue here on Minor Talk, our telephone number again, 915-505-6009. You could also tweet the show 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, just like Adrian did. Adrian at NUN3 tweets the show. I respect the gritty play of the minors, but it's antiquated basketball. If we want to get good recruits, we have to play a more exciting style of play. 
but it doesn't fit them though. Exactly. So I would say that you can't just run the floor and, and jack up threes if you don't have the three point shooters. They did that. Um, I don't. I don't want to say they did it last year. They did it at at some points this year. They they did it at points last year. They did it under uh, Coach Terry. How did that work out? There you go. You, you know what I mean. I mean, if you, if you have the shooters, do it. But play the style of play that is going to help you win because style of play may help, but that only works when it's helping you win. There you go. You know yeah. what I mean? Otherwise, if you're just chucking up X amount of threes per game, yeah, guys are going to see that, but they're going to be like, wow, this team is doing that. They're not that good. I'm going to go over here to a high-shooting team who's actually making their threes. That's the difference. Yeah, I, I don't know. I That's just kind of a, an interesting thought right there. But I, I get it, Adrian. I, I hear where you're coming from. Good stuff there, Sal, on your end. Um, let's keep it moving on uh, just some other storylines that are going on across uh, college hoops. Uh, tonight, Portland State played Cal Baptist, and they won 74-72. Why is this relevant? Well, former UTEP minor Jarrell Satterfield is probably the best player on Portland State right now, and uh, he's killing it. He he just hit that game winner to help propel Portland State to a victory. He, this year, okay, so just to uh, compare last year, last year he shot uh, 42% from three-point range, and he shot 34% from the floor. Uh, this year he's shooting 42% from the floor, and then 37% from beyond the arc. That's impressive right there. That's where I'm I'm kind of saying, all right, you know, Jarrell Satterfield maybe takes a little bit of a step back from uh, beyond the arc this year. He He's shooting at a higher volume right now, but he's making up for it um, with what he's doing as far as shooting from the floor. Jarrell Satterfield having success at a, at a lower level in college hoops, let's be honest, Sal, but it's cool to see him have success with Portland State. You know what? In terms of a lower level, I'd agree, but I don't want to say it's by much. No, that's true. Not the, by much. The, the WAC has some competitive hoops out there. Obviously, there's a team who uh, who's really good. They beat UConn last year in the tournament. Um, you know, they, they're uh, poised to win the WAC again this year. But um, no, the the WAC has some has some decent competition. Um, but I, I just think uh, maybe the chains are off a little bit, and, and he's al- he's allowed to be uh, play a bit more freely. And that's no knock on yeah. on on the coaching from here last year, but. Maybe their style of play just fits him more. I could see that. I could you know? definitely see that. <laughs> a play off of the, the tweet we just saw. But, uh, no, seriously, like that style of play fits him more, and uh, that's what made it attractive. There you go. I like it. Uh, let's uh, keep it moving on uh, on the phones right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Happy holidays, Augustine. What's going on? Hey, Adrian. Good uh, Good. Yeah, good. Morning, almost, and uh, good morning, almost. Yeah, everybody, and uh, I, I'm so it's so awesome that everybody stayed up and listened to Minor Talk, and you know, and 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 I have to, you know, kind of chime in and say, yeah, the effort was great and all, but it's it, what 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 was really bad was some of, some of the mistakes. You know, I, I I was lucky enough to hear it over the radio while while my girlfriend was cooking and everything, and I just thought that you know. Kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, that some of the mistakes were just being clumsy with the ball, maybe not. Is it a little bit more, was it a little bit more of like not being confident with themselves or, or just thinking too much about that defense? Because you know that Kent defense was just out of this world, but was it just in their head too much? You know, I'll answer your your question honestly, but I really just want an honest answer from you. You you did not watch, you did not listen to this game, did you? I did, I did. I I, I listened to Tyshire and 
and and and all the all the times we said what the low scoring game, and then and then uh, them saying that uh, Haskins would have loved this game. I didn't Haskins need a I didn't need a book report on the on the broadcast. <laughs> I I just I I just all right, Augustine. I believe far, you, Augustine. Yeah, all right, okay, okay, we'll believe you. You pass. Say, you pass I, the I, first I, test. I'll just say this much. I'll just say this much. Haskins would have not loved the game because of the mistakes that the Miners had. Okay, fair. Um, UTEP with 22 turnovers. That's mistake basketball right there. They, they had mistakes in this game. And uh, Augustine, I would just have to say this, as far as UTEP making those mistakes, that's... I just felt like it was a dogfight. It was just a back-and-forth game. Kent State made their share of mistakes, too. And I I sound like a UTEP defender right here, but I, I just want to give this team credit because, I, like, you know, two weeks ago, we were burying this team in a sense, knowing that they had a, they, they might have had a ceiling where they got blown out against DePaul, blown out against New Mexico State, both games on the road, but then come back against a, a Kent State team that is better than both DePaul and New Mexico State, and UTEP loses to them by one. So I, I feel like... Like the yes. improvements are there, and I think that I'm looking at no, this from a bigger picture. No, I, I understand that. Just the thing is that I, I don't know. I felt this game was more winnable for some reason because they, you know, it seemed from what Tyshire was saying that it was just very clumsy mistakes. It, it, they were not clean with the ball. So if they would. You know, just be clean with the ball and not think about so much of the defense. You know that 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 would be a little bit more thing. And, and be careful what you say with New Mexico State being blown out. That's not good to say right now. <laughs> I see what you did there, Augustine. I get, I get you. Hey, happy holidays, Augustine. Good to hear from you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. I, I hear what he's saying. You know, there were some issues. There were some problems and some mistakes that the Miners had in this game. And I do, I actually, you know, I agree with him also where I felt like the Miners were going to win this game at points. And it just wasn't the case, you know, down the stretch for the Miners, they just weren't able able to pull it off and kind of a 50-50 game and UTEP came out on the other side of this uh, you know falling in the end hey uh, I think we're I think we're winding things down I think we're going to wrap this one up uh, let's start going over to our awards here on the show and then we'll put a bow on it um, if anybody wants to duck in a late call our phone lines are open still 915-505-6009 let's start off with our hot hand of the game this is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso and this one's going to go to Shamar Givens in this matchup he scored eight points in the second half compared to two in the first, kind of like the performance he had yesterday. Uh, the one knock against Shamar Givens, eight turnovers, but he did have seven rebounds in 32 minutes of action. Shamar Givens winning our Win Supply El Paso hot hand of the game, and when it comes to choosing an HVAC system supplier, the choice is simple. Win Supply has been provi- providing high-quality furnace and air conditioner parts in El Paso since 1956. Give them a call or visit them online windsupplyelpaso.com let's go over to our player of the game well real quick sal any thoughts on shamar givens in the past two days and what we've seen from him yeah uh i'll start with yesterday yesterday was the coming out party a uh, big big offensive performance and then he follows it up, uh, follows it up with another uh, double digit uh, scoring game and and there were points where there were a lot of points in this game where the miners needed a bucket but he answered the bell on a on majority of them so when they needed a bucket the most and um some of them were just heat check buckets too yeah which um you, which make you say no when the ball is released and then it goes in and you're just screaming at the top of your lungs with excitement um no i i think he did um he did a solid job considering 
um, the type of defense that Kent State plays. So scoring-wise, I think he did a solid job. Uh, but as far as just taking care of the basketball, you're right. That's a, that's a big knock there. But you, you can't say that, that the effort wasn't there. And I've said that about eight that's different right. times tonight. But he, he was playing this game to win it. And, you know, I can respect that type of hustle. Yeah, I also can respect the game plan that UTEP put together. Yeah. I, I, Kent State was celebrating in their locker room. They're fired up about this victory. I get it. They're, they're a team that could be playing in March. I understand that as well. But UTEP went toe-to-toe with them, and I think that's, uh, that's impressive right there. Uh, as far as our player of the game, brought to you by Keith Southwest, this one goes to Otis Frazier. He might be back. Eight points, nine rebounds for Otis Frazier. He did start today. He missed two three-point pointers but uh you know somebody who really provided a nice spark for the miners uh he also in this game uh totaled two blocks which was impressive in itself Otis Frazier coming back he had eight points again and he is our player of the game this is thanks to Keith Southwest they are the leaders in industry uh, precision metal stamping since 1958 get in touch with Keith Southwest online today at keatsmfg.com um Sal we're turning the page we look to uh next year um, let's let's predict. Let's look in a crystal ball right now, and we look at the Miners in their next two games. We're not back at it until January 7th here on this show. UAB next week on the road, win or loss? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say win. I think – Wow! You know why? Because we oh have. Oh my goodness! We, we have to disagree with each other. That's why. that's right. <laughs> no, I'm, but uh, I, I mean, I like the defensive effort. It's yeah. going to be very tough, uh, just as tough, if not maybe a tougher game than Kent State. And I'm I'm just digging deep down in the hat, hoping for a win. But I mean, consider this: going up against um, sincere Carey. Congratulations! Your uh, your prize after that is Jelly Walker. But <laughs> if they could if they could hold sincere carry to uh, to a fair amount of points, I think they can they can play well against Jordan Walker. We'll see who else can be there, but somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong. So that's a large part of why I picked this. I game. got you, uh, UAB right now, and I totally get, I understand your pick right there. UAB right now ten and two on the year. They've beat the likes of Georgia. Yes, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, South Carolina, Charlotte, and um, let's see their most their other most impressive victory, uh, South Florida. I guess you could say so. Those are the teams that the uh, UAB has won under their belt. Again, ten and two. They are tenth in offensive rebound percentage. They are twenty uh, seventh in the country in adge- adjusted offensive efficiency. They are a top one hundred defensive team. Um, man, they're just. Uh, they're a really good team just all across the board. So this is going to be a tough one for the Miners. But what about Rice? Now, Rice at home next Saturday, New mm-hmm. Year's Eve. Uh, what do you think about that one, Sal? You know what? I like the Rice game uh, for sure. They're at home. They're a tough team to beat at home. It took Kent State a defensive uh, masterpiece to win by one. I like the Miners' chances at home a lot more than on the road. Yep. I know I just picked them to win a road game, but uh, you know what? Give me the win against Rice. Okay, so you have them sweeping next week. I'll go, I'll, have them, uh, I'll have them splitting next week okay. and then beating Rice. Uh, Rice on the year. Haven't really played anybody significant, although, hey, they go to overtime against Texas. That's the game that everybody's going to reference, of course. Uh, that's the first game for Rodney Terry as a head coach over there with the Longhorns. And uh, Rice, That's their. that was their third loss on the year. Year. They beat the likes of, let me see their best win. Oh, my uh, God. Texas State, 83 71. I mean, not really any opponents, right, Sal? Not really, but um, consider this, Adrian. I'm, I'm looking at this team, and 
They got some offensive firepower. I haven't looked at the names, but I'll just say oh. this. Oh, wow. St. Thomas, um, I don't know what division they're in, but they, they, dropped, they dropped 85. A couple games later, they dropped 88 on Georgia Southern. They dropped 96 on Western Michigan. They dropped uh, 83 on Texas State, 81 on Texas in a loss. But their last three games, this they have to be averaging at least 100. I'm not even wow. joking. North American, 92 points. Northwestern State, 110. And then 109 against uh, Jarvis Christian. Regardless the level of competition, when you can drop or average 100 in a three-game stretch, uh that's something to uh, to acknowledge. Yeah, and that's a product of guys like Quincy Olivari, a guy who's been there, Travis Evie, been there, Max Fiedler, be, been there yeah. forever. Uh, Cameron Sheffield also been there as well. So they've got they've got some returning guys too on their roster. So yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to watch as uh, as you know next week uh, comes comes around. Uh, but that'll do it for us, Sal. I mean, uh, any closing thoughts from you? Miners right now stand at eight and four overall, ahead of uh, UAB Rice next week. Yeah, we're going to see if they can carry over this defensive intensity on the road against a team but that is really, really tough and, you know, might come out of Conference USA. Um, we'll end it with this right here. A Joe Chacon hashtag, and I think this nice. is perfect. He says, uh, he, he gives, of course, it's a whole list of hashtags, but I like the last one the most. Hashtag Minor Talk 2023 coming soon. It's our LeBron year, Sal, so I'm excited for next year. I'm very pumped up. It's the LeBron year. It's the. Um, <laughs> you like that wore, one, huh? Who the, else wore 23? Oh, Anthony Davis wore 23. Kevin Martin with the Thunder. Nigel mistaken. Hawkins wore 23 when he was at UTEP. So, some really yeah. good players in, in uh, basketball history <laughs> wore 23. We're ridiculous. This is the product of us being on the air at 11:30. Who allows us here on the radio? Oh, this time? man. FBI, please come get us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, that'll that'll do it for us. Uh, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis. It's been a great year, and we'll be back next year. Uh, no minor talk next week, but we'll be, we'll be back in action Saturday, January 7th. Uh, again, for Sal Montes, Adrian Bratis, for UTEP Zay, Jason Craig, Angel Munoz, thanks for a great year of minor talk of 2022, only on 600 ESPN El Paso.